This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Thursday the 19th of November. Big day. Yeah, big day, especially for people in South Australia, where yesterday we were hearing that not only have South Australians gone into an incredibly tough lockdown, but a short one, we're also hearing the Chief Public Health Officer, Nicholas Spurrier, there talking about how this strain that's circulating in Adelaide is different. It's It's got a shorter incubation period. People with it don't seem to have as many symptoms. What do we know about this strain in Adelaide and, and whether it truly is different or if it's just looking like it's acting differently. This was said during the Crossroads Motel outbreak in New South Wales when the virus spread from Victoria. It was said there was a shorter incubation period, more likely to spread uh, asymptomatically and explaining why there was a a really significant super spreader event in that hotel in New South Wales. Now, we've not heard very much about that since. That was certainly at the beginning. Now, they're saying the same things here. Now, I've I've spoken to a couple of people who, who kind of know how this virus behaves and they wonder whether or not in fact what's going on is that you've actually got super spreading events and they're so significant the super spreading events you start to wonder whether or not the incubation short now it could be true it's still not clear what the virus is what the subset of the COVID-19 virus is there has been a strain called N439K which has been picked up in South Australia it's not entirely clear whether that's the form that's circulating now That's one that's growing in the UK and Europe and really quite common there. It's on the spike. It's where it locks into the so-called ACE2 receptor, which is how you get the lock and key mechanism going into the, uh, the cell. And people have looked at various strains and wondered whether or not there are significant characteristics. So what what they're talking about here is, to use technical terms, a short replication cycle. In other words, it replicates very quickly, but it infects people and and it's more likely to cause asymptomatic disease up front. That's the kind of picture that I suspect the chief health officer in South Australia was, uh, was communicating. Whether that's going to bear out when you look at this and when you compare the data from Europe, I mean, clearly it's come in from the UK. Certainly this N439K has come in from the UK. There have been suggestions in the UK that they're getting some short incubation period viruses with asymptomatic spread. Certainly you've got a lower mortality rate, but hospitals are filling up. So I think this is a story that's yet to pan out, but it's clearly spooked the authorities. Now, the, you cannot separate the lockdown from the belief that this is a, a short replication cycle, a high, more infectious virus that could spread asymptomatically. Now, if that's what they believe, you've got to try and extinguish this virus. You've got to get it out of South Australia. And the only way to get this virus out of, and extinguish it, because you don't have any antiviral treatments, is by lockdown and stopping people from mixing and stop them sharp and quickly and stop the virus spreading. That's the way to extinguish the virus. I'm reminded of you had James Hadfield back in March, if you can remember back that far, on the health report, Norman, and he made the point that the golden rule of phylogenetics, so basically the family trees of viruses, uh, is that if it looks like the virus is behaving differently, 99% of the time it's actually because of the epidemiology or the way that the humans, the hosts of the virus, are interacting with each other. So couldn't it be possible that it's just 
the way we're behaving rather than the virus itself? Yes, exactly. That's the point I was making a few minutes ago, which was that it could be that they've just had some really quite dramatic super spreading events. They're worried about this pizza parlour. 4,000 people, for goodness sake, are in isolation, although now it's the whole population that's in isolation. You know, so it could well be the, the behaviour rather than suddenly an, an appearance of a new strain that's got these characteristics, particularly when the strain that hit from Victoria into New South Wales, they were saying the same thing and they went quiet on that because in the end, I don't, I'm not so sure that the virus that they got into New South Wales was so terribly different from the one in Victoria. And I don't think people were arguing in Victoria that it had particularly unusual characteristics. So let's talk about this lockdown. It's an incredibly tough lockdown, much harder than what they had in Victoria, but on the flip side, only for six days. Even with a short incubation period, if that's indeed what this virus has, is six days actually long enough? You'll only find out as the six days passes and they do testing. The testing rates have gone up really impressively. We were a bit equivocal about that in yesterday's coronacast. They've really gone up a lot. So South Australians are really coming forward and, and doing great stuff by coming forward for the testing. That's a good thing. But you'll only know as time goes on. So this virus has been circulating for a few days. We were saying, looking at the, what they were talking about in terms of sources of the outbreak, we were starting to say, well, it started maybe on the 9th. It keeps on getting earlier and earlier when this virus might have broken out and started to spread. So at a minimum, it's been spreading for a week, probably longer which is a long time, particularly if it is true that this virus has a greater tendency to super spreading. And the fact that they found 4,000 contacts means that there have been super spreading environments. Coming to your point, Tegan, people in South Australia inadvertently were behaving to let the virus take off and not their fault. It's just the way it was. So this lockdown is exactly what should have happened in Victoria, easy to say in retrospect, when they tried to ring fence those 36 suburbs, incredibly hard to do. But the modelling from uh, the University of Sydney, from Professor Provokenko, which we talked about several months ago, showed that for every day that you wait to go into a serious lockdown, you've got a week at the other end to actually recover from the virus. So by getting in now, when they've only had a few days of spread, um, they've got a chance of controlling it and controlling it incredibly quickly. And I hope for all the people in South Australia, that's exactly what happens. But it depends on how far it's spread already. And they, they must be extremely worried to have done this. So one of your favourite sayings, this pandemic, Norman, is that you've got to go in hard and you've got to go in early. And South Australia has definitely done that. Is this a model for what might happen with future outbreaks in Australia? Is this SA-style lockdown something that the rest of Australia should be maybe not expecting but prepared for? Yes, is the answer. It's easier in Adelaide. It's more geographically defined with a smaller population than a bigger amorphous city like Sydney or Melbourne. But nonetheless, this is the way to go. You go in hard, you go in early, and you minimise the impact. And basically, WHO is wrong on this one, where they're going hard, you know, they're going on about not lockdown, not being a tool here. A lockdown is an extremely important tool. And South Australia has got its contact tracing act together, but the virus they're worried is getting out of control and you don't want the contact tracing system to be overwhelmed. So they've done absolutely the right thing. And I think WHO has got to look hard at its policy here because, quite frankly, they're wrong. So, Norman, we're hearing that there's about 4,000 people in isolation in South Australia, like you just said before. If we are dealing with a variant of the virus that has a really short incubation period, why haven't we seen more cases kind of popping up in these last few days if it is spreading potential is so big? Well, here's the theory. Whether or not it's true or not is another matter. 
if it's got a short replication cycle, in other words, it, appear, you know, it can infect you very quickly and start replicating, but it's asymptomatic, and all they're doing is symptomatic testing, they're missing asymptomatic cases. Now, they'll know that. In fact, two days ago, I heard the, the chief medical chief health officer, Professor Spurrier, saying only people with symptoms should come forward. But if, in fact, it's asymptomatic spread to a much greater extent than other forms of the virus, then they don't know uh, the extent to which it's spread. So as they move into asymptomatic testing, they'll start to find out more. However, the problem with asymptomatic testing is you're more likely to get a false positive and you're also more likely to get a false negative. So the tests become less accurate in an asymptomatic population, potentially. We've got, a, we've got so many questions coming from South Australia and elsewhere on this today, but one of them that I thought was really relevant to people who are heading into a really tough lockdown over the next week is by Carolyn, who's actually writing from New Jersey in the States. Uh, and she's saying, do you have any advice on how to be mentally resilient in times like these? Well, not having gone through it, apart from when we went through, when everybody went through it in March, it's really hard. I think the main thing about psychological resilience is social support and social contact, not being socially isolated. Social support and uh, contact with other people is important to mental well-being when, where, you know, even when you've not got lockdown. So you've got to, I mean, it's hard for South Australians because it's suddenly gone to lockdown, but you've got to find the techniques, whether it's Zoom, Skype, phoning, regular contact with other people so that the confines of your home, it's not the four walls. You've got the world in front of you. And it doesn't have to be somebody around the corner. It could be somebody across the world, maybe in New Jersey, that, that you've got to be able to make contact with. That's the best thing. And then not being afraid to call for help. Authorities, I think, in South Australia will be providing support for people who need it and not being afraid to call for help and, and using the support lines that are available in South Australia and neighbours actually looking after each other. If you know there's somebody isolated next to you, actually reaching out, that'll make you feel better and it'll make them feel better. So that, it's about people-to-people -people contact is the best thing that you can describe. You can stock up with books, you can work out what you're going to watch on Netflix, but in the end, it's people-to-people. And Norman, just a quick clarification um, that Anne-Marie sent in. We talked yesterday about the three current active cases in Melbourne and we, we were, I think we gave a slightly confused response. Um, the Deputy Chief Health Officer, Alan Chen, has actually clarified this at a recent press conference. Yeah, he said at least two of these people are quite unwell and maybe in hospital. So they're not just viral shedders, they may be in hospital. And in fact, I did check up with somebody else in the system in Victoria and it does seem that uh, two are still quite unwell. Well, that's all we've got time for in CoronaCast today. And if you've got a question, go to our website, which is abc.net.au slash coronacast. Click Ask a Question and mention CoronaCast on the way through. And from Tegan and I to all South Australians, we're thinking of you. 